for adventure. Stand by for mystery. Stand by for the Icebox Radio Theater with Rum Runner Sue. You know, it's true. Life can be a little rough up here on the border. But at the same time, there's plenty of room for the genteel set if they have a mind to wet a line or shoot a deer. After all, part of the pleasure of living in Minnesota is the proximity of the wilderness. One minute you're hobnobbing with the governor in a St. Paul speakeasy, and the next minute, plus or minus a train ride, you're 10 miles from nowhere in a birch bark canoe. Of course, the presence of city folk in our fair village can lead to a sore neck or two. Take has a, for instance, this fella named Percy from Chicago. Percy was the most snot-nosed, stuck-up, know-nothing the guides in our county ever had the misfortune of running up against. About the only nice thing he ever did was get shotgunned to death under mysterious circumstances. Interested? Pull up a stool and I'll tell you about it. It's Rum Runner Sue, starring Billy Joe Cones. Mystery and adventure in the northern wilderness of Prohibition America. We'll be back with tonight's exciting story right after this. Hi, everybody. This is Jeff from the Icebox Radio Theater. We'll be right back to Rum Runner Sue uh, in just a moment. But in the meantime, I wanted to let you know about three partners that we have here at the Icebox Radio Theater. Other groups or individuals who help us promote our work, and we want you to know about them. And the first one is a YouTuber that just goes by Victor, and his channel is called Victor's Reality. That's Victor with a K. I invite you to check this out. Uh, Victor is an incredible guy. He does a lot of technology reviews. I'm looking at his channel right now, and I see a, a review of the Samsung Neo and uh, the LG, and then there's a lot of letters and other things. Honestly, I don't understand a lot of the stuff he's reviewing, but he reviews monitors, video game equipment, accessories for your computer. And in addition to that, uh, Victor is an artist. He loves making animated GIF backgrounds, the type that are becoming very popular on YouTube, and setting them to, believe it or not, our radio plays. He has a whole channel or a whole playlist on his channel, I should say, of Icebox Radio Theater Scary Stories. And I really invite you to go check this out. It's a very unique way of listening to radio drama with this this kind of animated creepy background uh, going before your eyes. He's done Snow Day. He's done The Tiny Door, Old Oli, Cass and Lol, and many, many more. And so you can find Victor at YouTube under Victor's Reality. And again, that's Victor with a K, one word, Victor's Reality. Thank you so much. Vic. And the next partner I want to mention is the Wireless Theater Company. Uh, that is a group out of the United Kingdom that does has been doing fantastic level work for a long time. And they are in the process right now of changing their website around to feature uh, certain plays from other groups uh, that they appreciate for some reason or another, one of which is ours. We're going to have a presence on their website with both Funny in a Small Town and also a couple of more plays. And I invite you now to just go check out Wireless Theater Company on the web would probably be the easiest way. Uh, they're they're the real deal. They are a group that's, I believe, appeared on the BBC. Uh, you, you call up their website, and there's Stephen Fry right there uh, who has worked with Wireless Theater Company. They've done some fantastic horror in the past. Uh, I strongly recommend The Secret of spring Jack, which was kind of a three-part show they did a few years back. And uh, The Autopsy, a binaural audio thriller, is very, very chilling. And, of course, being British, there's some Shakespeare there as well. And the final group I want to mention is Dramafy. Dramafy is a brand-new service 
which seeks to uh, create an income for audio drama producers. Uh, we are going to be featured on Dramafy. They kind of want to be the Netflix of audio is the idea. Dramafy is dramafy.com. Invite you to go check them out, uh, check out some of their offerings as well as us, and consider making a uh, oh a subscription, which is I believe right now three ninety nine a month with a lot of specials coming up. So subscribe to Dramafy and help those folks out. They're doing very good work. Okay, thank you so much for listening to this very low tech commercial. Let's go back now to Rum Runner Sue. The place, Icebox, Minnesota, a tiny village on Rainy Lake, the island-spotted paradise that forms the border between the United States and Canada. Between the great social experiment of prohibition and the legal production and distribution of Lady Liquor, just off Main Street sits a tiny establishment called the Deacon Seat, home and throne room to the queen of these parts, the owner-operator, a beauty in checkered flannel and dungarees, Susan Conti or, as she's known in these parts, Rum Runner Sue. All right. I won't grumble about the nickname right now because I promised you a story about Percy from Chicago. I think we set up the gentleman's character sufficiently, so let's jump ahead to where yours truly entered the picture. That part begins, as all good stories should, with a horse. (laughs) And with a particular young waitress and friend of mine named Mary Wills, who claimed a complete and total phobia of the noble beast. And as I've enjoyed nothing more than a good brisk ride since I discovered horses at age 11, I took it upon myself to cure Mary of her fear. So we borrowed a couple of local nags, spirited for me, plastered for Mary, and commenced riding. Whoa! Uh! Or in Mary's case, flying. Ow! Are you all right? I think so. Are we done riding? No. Then I'm not all right. Gosh sakes, Sue. What did I ever do to you to deserve this? What do you mean? What did I do? Made me come horseback riding? I didn't make you do anything. But I think it's good for a person to confront her biggest fear. Oh, horses ain't my biggest fear. They aren't? Of course not. It's spiders. Or maybe hides. Of course, the supply closet gives me the heebie-jeebies too, so maybe it's small spaces. You told me you were deathly afraid of horses. I am. They're just not my biggest fear. Compared to my other fear, horses are pretty easy to avoid. That is, until my boss suggested I come riding with her. You could have said no. Oh, I don't hardly think... I I mean... uh... Uh, Mary Wills, did you come because I'm your boss? Well, yeah. Of course. What else was I supposed to do? Well, that is... Huh. Okay. I guess I see it from your side. I'm sorry. Why are you apologizing? Same reason as before. You're my boss. I'm sorry, Mary. I get a little pig-headed sometimes. When I was a kid, I expected everyone to play the games I wanted. Used to get furious when they wouldn't. Does that mean I don't have to ride no more? Well, we have to get these horses back to the barn. Judd Lewis loaned them to us as a favor. I can walk mine back, can't I? I think we've come about five miles today. That's a long walk. Oh, all right. But no more fence jumping. Just a nice steady walk. Okay. But you have to go get him. And mount up without my help this time. Uh, fine. Your horse is grazing over there by that willow tree. I'll try to get up on him. But you have to help me if I fall. You won't fall. You can't know that. <laughs> oh my. 
Mary? Hurry up, would you? If we're going to take it slow, we need to get started. Mary? Mary, what's wrong? Whoa, they're easy now. Mary, what's wrong? Your horse is still over there. Sue. What is it? It's not what. It's who. Laying there in the grass. <gasps> it's that Percy fellow from Chicago. Uh-huh. And someone put a hole in his chest. Sheriff? Sheriff, hey. Uh, Hank said he'd bring the car around. Take the body down to the hospital in about five minutes. Fine. Uh, thanks, Fred. Yes, sir. They gonna be okay? Who, the girls? They'll be fine. Go up to the road and wait for the car, would you, Fred? Oh, uh, oh, sure thing, Sheriff. I just ain't never seen a dead body before. No one should have to see that. You all right, Mary? I'll be fine, Sheriff. Thanks. Sue? What? Are you all right? Why wouldn't I be? (laughs) Right. Okay, so uh, let's go through the story one more time. Why? We already told you what happened. Sure, but I want to hear it again. If you're both all right, like you said. (sighs) Well, we were out horseback riding and I got thrown. And you're sure you're okay? Of course. I landed in that tall grass over there. And after that, Sue made me go get the horse, who happened to be over near the... you know. Yeah, the body. Right. Uh, why the riding? I hadn't been in a while, and Mary said she'd never been. And we don't get too many days off in the summer. Yeah, pleasure excursion, huh? That's right. Something wrong, Belle? Nope. Go on. That's it. Mary went over to retrieve her mount and went white as a sheet. I went over to see what was wrong, and that's when I saw him. What did you see exactly? Percy Parkinson, laying where he is now. Only without the sheet over him, of course. Of course. And it was all set up like this? You didn't touch anything? Not a thing. He was planning a camp out, obviously. A tent and some other gear, all wrapped up, ready for transport, whole stack of provisions. Yeah, I noticed that. That trail there leads down to the shore. We found a canoe dragged up on the beach. Looks to me like it was headed upriver. For a week, at least. What makes you say that? <laughs> well, Bo... I don't know much about crime scenes, but running a restaurant makes me an expert on groceries. That provision cash is substantial. I see bacon, flour, a whole crate of eggs. It's enough for a week in the wilderness for two people. Two people? What makes you think there were two? Word was, this character went everywhere with a guide. He'd burned through most of them, too, on account of being so disagreeable. He was a horse's ass, is what she means. Mary! Well, he was. The boys at the deacon seat all said so. He bossed men around like they were his personal slaves, never listened to the guide's advice, and then blamed them when he couldn't catch anything. So he hired more than one guide, is what you're saying? That's right. The boys passed him around like a bad penny. No one could stand him for more than a day or two. Do you know who his last guide was? I don't know. The boys might. I'll need to look into that. Now don't you come around scaring all my customers. Why do you think I would do that? You had that look in your eye. Just come out of uniform and ask friendly-like. And order a whiskey so the boys know you're not there to bust them. (laughs) I'll take that under advisement. Did any of the boys say when they last saw the dead man? It hasn't come up. You think any of them got angry enough to do this? 
Is that what you're thinking? Well, this could have been the result of a fight. There's a hatchet near his right hand. He could have been fighting off an assailant. Wouldn't that lead to a defensive wound? Holding the hatchet in front to fend off the gunshot? How on earth do you know about things like that? (laughs) I have been known to read now and then, Bo. Read what? True detective? My library card is none of your business. Besides, I'm right, aren't I? Maybe yes, maybe no. All we know for sure is that this didn't happen very long ago from the look of the provisions. Or of him. How do you know that, Sheriff? Well, uh... Uh, Nature hasn't uh, intruded on the crime scene, so to speak. Huh? He means no animals have been at the body, Mary. Or at the provisions. That bacon couldn't have been left very long before something would have dragged it off. Hmm. Something's been at the eggs. Well, that's true. Yeah. Funny, though. What is? The eggs. Notice how the only eggs that are broken are right down the center of the crate? The ones on the sides aren't even touched. Uh... Raccoon probably got to them. Yeah. Well, ladies, I have to stay and find what I can find, but you two have had a long day. You should head back. Thank goodness. Come on, Sue. Sue? Hmm? Oh, no. You got that million miles away look in your eye. Oh, no. I know that look. That's her I'm hunting a mystery look. What are you two talking about? You get a particular look when something's stuck in your craw, and that usually means trouble for me. Well... If my presence is so heinous to you, Sheriff, I will take my leave. Come on, Mary. Don't worry, Sheriff. She can't stay mad at you for very long. (laughs) Yeah, that's usually what gets me in trouble. if you could wrap up two of those corned beef sandwiches for his lunch? Sue? Sue! What? Oh, sorry, did I answer silently again? So you heard me about Harry's sandwiches? Right, Harry wants two roast beef... Corned beef! Right, right, I got it. You are really distracted this morning. I know, I'm sorry. It's that tourist murder, isn't it? Have you asked the boys about it? I put it in the rumor mill, but they're all a little reluctant to talk around here. They don't want to finger one of their own. What do you mean? Well, the boys all know about you and Bo. There is nothing between Bo and I. You keep saying that, but you're not very convincing. And what's it to them anyway? Work it out, Sue. The boys don't want to tell me who Percy's last guide was, because I'll tell you. And you'll tell Bo, and the guide will end up in the electric chair. We don't have capital punishment in Minnesota. You know what I mean. And a life sentence in a cell is a death sentence for these boys. They're outdoorsmen. They wouldn't last two years in a cage. So they're not talking, is what you're saying? Nope. Well, I don't understand it. Don't they see how bad it could be for them? What do you mean? The rich folks from the cities can go to some other lake, you know. Then where would our boys be? Percy didn't come up from the cities. My point stands. If word gets out that a fisherman was murdered on this lake and the local authorities couldn't do anything about it, our boys are going to lose customers. Do you think it was one of our boys done it? Well... I don't know. If they got liquored up enough and angry enough, maybe. Well, if it did happen that way, I'm sure Percy deserved it. Mary! That's an awful thing to say. Well, it's true. He was mean and looked down on folks and had a big mouth. I had to wait on him once. It was terrible. What did he do? I'd just as soon not say. Mary? Somehow or another, I guess he found out I used to work at Madame Rose's Joy House. And he started making some... 
very untoward remarks. You don't need to stand for that, you know. Oh, I didn't. I put too much pepper in his eggs. <laughs> Can't say I blame you, but I wish you wouldn't involve my cooking in situations like that. Spitting them, too. Yes, um, you haven't- No, I've never done it before, and I'll never do it again. That's a promise. Good. Next time a man gets fresh, just brain him with a frying pan. You know, for some reason, that sounds better. I think so, too. But honestly, Sue, I don't think any of our boys would have done it. Why not? Well, all the reasons you said about losing trade. And they found that hatchet next to him. What's that got to do with it? I can't see one of our boys stepping into a fight with a hatchet. You know how slow they are to act. If it wasn't one of ours, then who was it? Well, we don't know much about Percy, do we? Just that he was from Chicago and rubbed folks the wrong way. And couldn't fish worth a damn. Hey, one of the boys said he used to yammer on about being a bigwig in some insurance agency. Insurance, eh? Hmm. What is it? I lived in Chicago for a spell and knew a man who was in insurance. Maybe it's time I look him up. Lake Michigan Mutual, how may I direct your call? Roger Thornby, please. One moment. I'm sorry, Mr. Thornby can't come to the phone. May I take a message? Actually, could you please tell him Susan Conti is calling? I'm sorry, but Mr. Thornby is indisposed. If I may have your number, Miss Conti, I'll be happy wait, wait, to- Wait, wait, wait. Conti? Susan Conti? Roger, I'm going to take a message. We're going to lunch, remember? Give, give, give me that. Fine. You can just take yourself to lunch, Mr. Thornby. Sue. Hiya, Roger. Is this a good time? Oh, it's, it's always a good time for you, Sue. Why, why wouldn't it be a good time? Well, sounds like I kind of got you in trouble there. Oh, no, 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 no. That, that's just my secretary. She's, uh, a kind of high-strung. Uh-huh. Um, and also sort of my fiancé. But it's great to hear from you. You haven't changed a bit, Pinky. <laughs> Pinky. <laughs> oh, I haven't been called that in years. Remember the old gang running around down by the lake? Good times. Uh, sure were. Oh, and, 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 uh, Sue, we were all real sad to hear the news about Pierce. It was a shame. A damn shame. It was, yes. How are you holding up? Is there anything I can do? Anything at all? Are you still in St. Paul? I could come up there. Oh, no, I'm fine. I'm living a little further north now. An out-of-the-way place with the lake and friendly folks. Best thing for you. Get out of the city. Um, where did you say exactly? Roger, I'll tell you why I called. Call me Pinky. All right, Pinky. I'm trying to find some information about a visitor to our parts. Yeah, well, I'll be straight with you, Roger. Pinky? Pinky. I'll be straight with you. The man died, and we're trying to find his next of kin. Oh, that's terrible. Where did you say this was? Way up north, Canadian border. Oh, my. You're living way up there now, are you? That's right. And we're trying to figure out next of kin for this man, and some of the guides he hired said he was from Chicago and worked in insurance just like you. Oh. Oh, I see. That's really why you called? Yes. The only reason? 
stay focused, Pinky. Right, 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 right. Uh, uh, what's the man's name? Percy Parkinson. I, I, I'm sorry, say that again? Percy Parkinson. Did you know him? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, Chicago insurance is kind of a small town, and we all know each other, and, and we all know Percy. He leaves a, He leaves quite an impression. He left quite an impression up here, too. Yeah. You say he died? That's right. Under, uh, mysterious circumstances? Why do you ask? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. I, um... I'll tell you what, Pinky. You're a friend, so I'll spill the beans. You will? Percy Parkinson was shot. <gasps> he was? Yes. Dead? I'm looking for his next of kin, remember? Oh, oh, right, yeah. What can you tell me about him? Uh, well, he worked over at Lincoln Life, quite high up, I believe, and, um... You can tell me. Go ahead. Well, these are just rumors, you understand, but the word was Percy had something on his boss. I don't know what, but it was enough that he could get whatever he wanted. Company car, expense account... Fishing trips? Fishing trips, sure, that fits. What's the boss's name? Ramsey. Hiram Ramsey. But I'm sure he had nothing to do with it. Why? Well, he always seemed a good man. Excellent backhand. Pardon? Tennis. Right. Well, thank you, Pinky. You've been a big help. Say, uh, when are we going to see you down this way again? Soon. Real soon. Or I could always come up there, relive some old times. <laughs> Remember that night in the boathouse? Uh, sorry, Roger, you're breaking up. <laughs> Happens all the time up here. Bears knock down the lines. Oh, oh, that's okay. I... Whew. What the? Mary! Yes, Sue? Were you on the extension just now? I was, yes. That was a private phone call. Sounded like Roger wanted it to be a little more private. Mary, I... I thought that call was about Percy's murder. So I thought you might like an extra set of ears on the situation. Though I can see why you wouldn't, now that I've listened. What's that supposed to mean? Roger's an old beau. No, he is not. Sounds like he wanted to be. What he wants or doesn't want is immaterial. Not to him it ain't. Come on, Sue. We've known each other for over a year, and I don't know anything about your past. A lot of folks speculate about it, you know. They do? Well, it's none of their business. Is it any of mine? I mean, I thought we were friends. <sighs> Fine. Roger's a very nice boy, but that's all. You get me? I think so. Boy is the key word here. He's so short his eyes only come up to my chin, and I doubt he shaves more than once a week. <laughs> Poor fella. He was just one of those boys always hanging around, you know? Always part of the gang, but never anyone you'd take seriously. Except in the boathouse, eh? Trust me, Mary. The incident Roger was talking about exists only in his mind. Really? I slipped on the dock. He caught me as best he could, and that meant accidentally putting his hand where a gentleman shouldn't. That was it. Now we need to get back to work. No more questions about my past. One more, please? <sighs> what? He seemed like a nice enough guy on the phone. Why didn't you ever give him a chance? Because, Mary, when I knew Roger in Chicago, I was a married woman. Sue. 
There you are. Quiet around here. Yeah, I got my boys out looking. I got some news. Oh? I have an old friend in Chicago who knew our dead man. Said he had some trouble with his boss. Serious trouble. That's so? Yeah, but when I tried to call the boss, his office stonewalled me. You're going to need to follow up, Bo. I can't issue warrants and the like. Well? Well what? Well, why do you just sit there like a sphinx? Susan, what have I told you before about meddling in police investigations? <laughs> meddling? How dare you? Uh, now, now, don't be like that. You've asked me to help out more than once. And I always have, never asking for anything more than a little gratitude. I can see now even that price is too dear. Your business is a central gathering place for folks from all over. It's only natural that I ask for information from time to time. Oh, and that's all I am do you, huh? A secretary taking minutes? What do you want to be, a detective? Well, no, not as such. But don't you dare sit there and tell me I haven't helped out around here. All right, I admit it. You've got a good head on your shoulders and keen insight. Thank you. But you're not a cop. And I'll keep the option to shut you out if I think it's necessary. But how can you know it's unnecessary if you don't follow up on that lead? What, the boss in Chicago? Yeah. Turns out our Percy had him by the short ones. Blackmail? I don't have the specifics. That's why I need you to call him. You've got the badge, and that means you have the authority Susan. To... What? What is it? We have a suspect. What? We have a suspect. One of the boys let slip who Parkinson's last guide was. It was Possum Jack. <laughs> Possum Jack? You can't be serious. Jack is one of the sweetest boys in town. He wouldn't hurt a fly. Heck, he always fishes with lures because he's squeamish about live bait. Well, nevertheless, he was Parkinson's last known guide. And when we went to his cabin, his woman there said she hadn't seen him in two days. That dates back to the day of the incident. She said he came in white as a ghost, packed up his kit, and took off. She begged him to tell her where he was going, and he wouldn't even give her a compass point. And you think that makes him guilty of murder? I think it makes him worth questioning. And I think it's awful suspicious that he took off the same day it happened and hasn't been seen since. I have every deputy in the field right now looking for him. Possum Jack will never let you find him in these woods. If he's thinking clear, I'd agree with you. But he's probably panicked and scared. This case has all the earmarks of a crime of passion, a mistake. If Jack lost his head and shot Parkinson, that's manslaughter. He won't get life, but he has to do his time. Sounds like you've made up your mind already. No, my mind doesn't count. It's what the judge and the jury think. But we've got to bring him in. It just... it just doesn't seem right. I know. I like Jack, too, but... Well, innocent people don't flee, Susan. And we have to bring Jack in. Dead or alive. I left Bo's place feeling a little bit of every emotion in the book. Angry for what Bo had said about not needing my help. Scared for Possum Jack. Frustrated because, well, because I was frustrated. This was turning out to be an impossible situation, but I couldn't leave it alone. So I found myself hiking back to that spot in the woods where we found Percy Parkinson's body. The scene had been cleared out by then. We hadn't had any rain, so you could still make out the indentation of the body in the grass. Other than that, there was nothing to suggest that anything out of the ordinary had happened on the spot. I went all over it, getting mud on my knees several times trying to find something, anything, that might explain what had happened that day. I couldn't find anything except for a small imprint under one tree. There was enough shade under that tree that the ground had stayed muddy, and in that patch of mud was the mark of a shotgun or rifle butt. Obviously, someone, probably Possum Jack, had leaned his gun up against the tree. That sunk me even lower. 
Here was proof that Jack had had his gun with him. Possum Jack couldn't have done it, but there wasn't a shred of evidence exonerating him. I was so foggy when I walked away, I almost walked right through the sticky spot in the grass where that crate of eggs had been smashed. There were still eggshells visible between the leaves, and hardened yellow yolk clinged to everything. That was a perfect metaphor for this situation. A mess. A sticky, disgusting mess. Sue! Oh, thank goodness! Anderson brought in his logging crew for breakfast, and I can't do it all by myself. What? Oh, sorry, I'll get a clean apron and help out. You all right? Fine, I'm fine. I, I was just... Uh, I was just... I went out to the scene. The what? You know, where we found the body. What did you go out there for? I don't even know. I talked to Bo, and he's convinced Possum Jack's a murderer. Yeah, I know. You do? How? I just found out myself an hour ago. Rumors fly fast in a small town. Some of Anderson's loggers ran into a deputy out in the woods, and he told them to be on the lookout for Possum Jack. Do you know him? Possum Jack, I mean? Sure. A real sweet guy. Kind of quiet, but always real polite to me. You never knew him to lose his temper? Maybe get into a fight now and then? No, never heard tell about that. And when he comes by here to partake of our underground menu, it's always just one whiskey and then off home. Hmm. This one's got me stumped. The worst part is I feel like there's a solution staring me right in the face. I hate that feeling. I hate that feeling, too. You get it often? No, but it sounds terrible. Mary! Mary! Hey, uh, hello, Sue. Hello, Anderson. Say, what about them flapjacks? I got a hungry crew out here. Hold your horses. They're coming. Sue and I are having an important conversation. Oh, that's so? Playing detective again, Sue? What do you mean again? Oh, I don't mean nothing by it. It's just the whole town knows you saw Sheriff Bo's cases for him. The town thinks that? Well, the men, anyway. The women think you're throwing yourself at him and using the detective work as bait. They think I... I don't even know how that would work. Anywho, whatever the case, flapjacks, ladies. These boys are about ready to bite into your furniture. I said hold your horses. And you don't have to worry none about Possum Jack. They cornered him this morning. They did? Yeah, out at his cabin. One of the deputies stopped by just now. Said he had to get more ammo. They're shooting at him? Well, not yet, but he said Jack was plenty jittery and they want to be ready. Would you get out of my kitchen so I can cook? All right, Mary, all right. But uh, hurry with those flapjacks, huh? Hold your horses! (laughs) Sue, I know you're the boss and all, but if you don't lend a hand here, I swear to gosh, I'm gonna... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. My head's just in a fog. Poor Jack. Poor us, if we don't get those lumberjacks fed. I'll start up a new batch of batter while you work the... Darn it! What? What's wrong? I dropped an egg. Well, don't worry about it. We have plenty. And a single egg doesn't make much of a mess when... It breaks. Sue? Eggs. Yes, and flapjacks and sausage and bacon as soon as possible. Eggs! What are you talking about? Eggs, Mary! Eggs! The eggs were near the tree! Um, all right. The eggs were right next to the tree where Possum Jack leaned his shotgun. The butt print proves it. Butt print? Yes. Well, you're better educated than me, but I thought police only took fingerprints. <gasps> oh my gosh, the police! What? Bo, they've got him cornered. I, I gotta get out there. What? Aren't you staying? I gotta get out there before someone gets hurt. 
Okay, but could you do one batch of flapjacks first? Well, shoot. They make it around the trees yet? Oh, just now, Sheriff. I think everyone's in position. Any sign of life from the cabin? Jack picked out that door a minute ago, and I think I saw Frida's face in the window just now. They got any young ones? No, thank God. But we gotta play this cool, all right, Fred? Yes, Sheriff. You told everyone to wait on my signal. Sure, but they're all a little jumpy, especially young Wilkes. It's his first time in a firefight. Did you serve in a war, son? Uh, no, no, sir. Flat feet. Well, I did, and I'd appreciate it if you didn't call this a firefight. It's an arrest, and the goal is to do it without a single shot being fired. Understand? Yes, sir. Good. Now, if we could just keep everyone calm... Bo, wait, wait a minute. Oh, for the love of all... Isn't that Rum Runner Sue? Yes. Did you order whiskey for the boys? Go around the perimeter. Make sure everyone knows to hold their fire, all right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Bo! Thank God. What the hell are you doing here? Saving a man's life, that's what. Jack didn't do it. Then you want to explain why he's holed up in there with a shotgun? What would you do if an armed posse was surrounding you? I might start by saying, I'm innocent. Let's talk. Very diplomatic of you, but not really Possum Jack style. Let me talk to him. I've been trying to talk to him. He hasn't said a word. Let me try. Fine, but stay behind this rock. He's scared and jumpy and we don't know what he'll do. All right. Jack! Jack, are you in there? It's Sue from the Deacon Seat. Jack, I know you didn't do it and I got proof. Jack! Jack, will you come out under the porch and talk at least? I ain't coming out! That's fine, Jack, that's fine. You stay right there. We just need to talk. I ain't got nothing to say to no sheriff's girl. Why does everyone keep saying that? Keep going, Sue. You've got them talking. I'm nobody's girl, Jack. And I just want to talk. To talk? I ain't stopping you. See if you can get him to let his wife come out. No, Bo. If he's in there alone, he'll assume you're going to shoot him. Well, it's not off the menu. Just give me a minute. Jack, can you come on the porch at least? We just want to talk. Why? So the sharpshooters can get a better shot? You know that isn't so, Jack. I just want to talk. Here. Sue, no! I'm out here, Jack. I'm right out in the open. Come out onto the porch, please. All right, then, talk. I know what happened, Jack. I've been out to the campsite where you and Percy Parkinson went, and I figured it out. It was all an accident, wasn't it? Well... No! Hold your fire! God damn it, hold your fire! Damn it, Wilkes! Jack, are you all right? Like you care. You was just bait to get me out of the house. No, I swear I'm not. I know what happened. It was an accident, wasn't it? An accident, Jack? You leaned your shotgun up against a tree, and when it fell over and hit the crate of eggs, it discharged right into Percy. And you figured no one would believe you on account of Percy being so difficult, so you took off, right? Right? They won't believe me. Jack! None of them will believe me. He was some fancy-pants city fella, and I'm just a dumb mountain man. They're gonna come in here with their big city lawyers and put me in the electric chair. No, Jack, they can't. 
Minnesota outlawed capital punishment in 1911. Electric chair, cell for life, what's the difference? They won't believe me. Jack, I believe you. And I'm not just taking your word. The evidence shows it was an accident. Frida believes you, doesn't she? Why do you ask me that? Just answer me. Does she believe you're innocent? Well, I suppose. Frida and me, that's two. That's practically half a jury. I believe you too, Jack. You stay where you are, Sheriff. Hold on. Hold on. I'm putting my sidearm back in its holster. See? I just want to come up here by Sue. Susan. Yes, Bo? Explain it to me. Remember the crate of eggs? How only the ones down the center were broken? Yeah. There was a little mud under the tree right next to that. You could still see the imprint of a rifle or shotgun butt in that mud, like someone had leaned a gun up against the tree. Okay. A, a wind comes up, or something else, tipping the gun over. It hits the eggs, breaking the row down the middle of the crate, and goes off. Parkinson must have been standing in the way. Right. A simple accident. They, they happen all the time. That what happened, Jack? I don't rightly know, Sheriff. My back was turned, I rested my shotgun up against the tree, sure enough, but... I was over ten in the tent when I heard the shot. What was Parkinson doing then? <laughs> you won't believe it. But he was hacking at a tree branch with a hatchet. Said he was going to gather some firewood. Told him fresh wood was too green to burn, but he wouldn't listen. Didn't listen to anyone. Just reached up, grabbed a branch, and started hacking away, the fool. Jack, you say he reached up and grabbed a tree branch? He has some. This didn't happen to be the same tree the shotgun was leaned against, was it? You know... I think it was. That was a willow tree bow. If he was wrenching a limb back and forth, it could have shook the whole tree and... Dislodged the gun, yeah. Jack, I think I owe you an apology. Oh, okay. Uh, but to square things, you're going to have to come down to the office. And that means you have to give me that gun. Oh, gee, Sheriff. Can I get it back sometime? <laughs> sure. All right. For pity's sake, Jack, it wasn't even loaded. Huh. You know, I knew I forgot something. Are you sure Jack will be okay with your boys? Wilkes looked like he was ready to start shooting. He gets a little wound up sometimes, but he knows his duty. Jack will be fine. Does he really have to spend time in a cell? Just overnight. The inquest is tomorrow, and with his testimony and yours, I'm pretty sure we'll get a verdict of death by misadventure. Unless Percy's people want to make a stink. <laughs> I got the impression Percy doesn't have any people. Well, if we do need some more time, I don't think Jack's a flight risk. Especially if you tell him to stay in town. He respects you. Hmm. Well, here you go, Sue. <laughs> in for a drink? Uh, don't mind if I do. It's been a day. <laughs> you got that right. Might even partake myself. I swear I didn't expect living here to be so exciting. Sharp contrast with where you lived before, is it? Hmm, maybe. One of these days, Sue Conti. I'm going to find out about your past. <laughs> Get in line. Oh, Mary. Hello, Sue. Sheriff? Mary? You all right? Why on earth wouldn't I be? I just had to make breakfast for 30 men all by myself. All the yelling and cussing and such. 
I tried to keep order, Sue, really, I did. But they're lumberjacks. They need a firm hand. Right. And the threat of violence, well, swinging a cast iron skillet does wonders for restoring order. Did anyone get hurt? Maybe. Some of them lit out of here pretty quick, and there might have been a pile up on the doorway. I don't really remember. It's all a fog. Are you all right, Mary? You seem calm. Frighteningly so. Yeah. Calm? I guess I am. Calm. Yes. Should I get the handcuffs? Or a butterfly net? So if you don't mind, Sue, I'm gonna go lay down for a bit. Sorry, I'm leaving you with the mess. That's all right. That's no problem. I'm... I'm so sorry, Mary. I completely forgot about you. Yes, lay down. Yes. I just stared down a man with a gun, but that was the most frightening thing I've seen today. What do you mean? Well, Bo, Jack's gun wasn't loaded, but Mary... Could go off at any time. This has been Rum Runner Sue. Enough is enough. An original podcast fiction mystery from the Icebox Radio Theater. Our play starred Billy Joe Cones as Sue, Trelawney Irwin as Mary, Jim Yunt as Bo, Justin Kapla as Possum Jack and Anderson, Diane Adams was the secretary, and Jeffrey Adams was Wormy Roger. Tonight's program written by Jeffrey Adams. Jeffrey also did the editing, sound effects, and music for this episode, created with loops from Loopmasters. Some sound effects from the Free Sound Project at freesound.org. Rum Runner Sue logo designed by Allie McQueen. You can see more of Allie's work on Instagram at taller underscore McQueen. You can learn more about Billy Joe Cones at billyjoecones.com. This program copyright 2021 by the Icebox Radio Theater, which is solely responsible for its content. Partial funding made possible in part by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Minnesota State Arts Board, thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund, and through donations from our wonderful patrons and listeners. More information at iceboxradio.org. This is Justin Kaplan speaking.